You've now locked into Living Blessed, the podcast, where we're talking the highs, the lows, the darkest moments that we've all hidden from the world, and everything in between. This is the moment of truth. This is why we're living blessed. And now, your host, Jovan J. Palmer. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Living Blessed, the podcast. I'm your host, Jovan J. Palmer. And as always, you have amazing people on the podcast sharing transparent and vulnerable moments. I have a very special <laughs> guest on today. Hi, Jovan. Hello. <laughs> so, how are you? I'm amazing. Good. It's beautiful weather. It's summer in Atlanta, which it's you, very summer. Yeah, you're gonna get hot and cold at the same time. So, I'm I'm happy. Good. Well, introduce yourself and let the people know who you are first before we get into this good conversation. Absolutely. So, my name is Erica Ade. Um, I go by CEO Mrs. Maddie on Instagram. That's CEO M-R-S-M-A-T-T-Y. Um, I'm the wife of serial entrepreneur Maddie J that everybody knows and loves. Um, and I also have my own brand, which consists of the Winning Wives Club and also um, Wives in Waiting. And together, my husband and I, we help people create digital products. So those are the three things that I'm focused on right now. And just really helping women to develop and, and grow, whether they're married, not married, wanting to be married, all those good things. So that's me. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I have so many questions, but I'm going to wait to, that's a huge ring. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Jovan. I didn't think you noticed it. I mean, that's like. My husband's Nigerian, okay? So if you guys know anything about the Nigerian culture, they're very um, expressive with their clothing. Actually, he, from head to toe, he actually dressed me. Really? So, yeah. Yeah. Jewelry, everything. Are you serious? Everything. Yeah. Everything except the hair and the makeup. That's the only thing that I do. But. Maddie dressed you today. Yeah, that's lit. lit, lit no, well, he does my whole wardrobe. My whole closet is him. Yeah. Like, not even, like, in a braggadocious way or anything like that. He's just better at... At style than I am so oh, sure. he has Clearly. like I sent him over my sizes he uh-huh. asked he asked for my sizes um, both American and European so when he goes shopping and he sees something I like it's not like hey do you like this or hey he just automatically he knows. automatically has it that's how we operate actually we have a lot of systems and a lot of you know organized ways that we live so we can expound and do so much at one time because we don't have to stop and check in and stop and ask we just kind of go okay I have so many more questions now. I know. But we're going to wait. So let's go. I always like to talk about people's childhood and then like kind of okay. lead people on a journey from childhood to where we are today. That's good. I love so that. So where are you originally from? I'm originally from Southern California. So L.A. And then um, when I turned about nine years old, my mom moved us to the suburbs, which is like the IE area, Fontana, Rancho Cucamonga. A lot of people know that from next Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so Ontario, all of that area is where I actually grew up from 10 years old until high school, graduating from high school. And then I went back to California or to um, L.A. for college. So I moved with my grandparents and did college there. And then I got roommates in L.A. again, and I stayed with my roommates until my husband found me. And then I moved from that home to Atlanta, and that is where we are now. Got you. So what was it like being young Erica? Um, whew, Young Erica is a lot like I am now. Um, very animated, very dramatic. I was always in performing arts schools. I, I was always it. in drama, theater. Um that was my upbringing. So I'm, I'm the only girl out of five. So my mom did not hesitate to let me explore, let me express. So a lot of people have that, the upbringing of like on the weekends, we're cooking and cleaning and listening to Anita Baker. Not me and my mom. No way. 
Not at all. Like so you she missed still out on a part of childhood. I did not. Yes, you did. No, sir. What? When I spent the night at other people's houses, I saw that, and that's not our vibe. <laughs> no, like we didn't spend time. Like, sadly to say, like not even in the kitchen. Like my mom doesn't cook, so. Yeah, don't look at my mother-in-law, okay? She is teaching that's your mother-in-law. me. Yes, that's my mother-in-law. Oh, yeah, that's Maddie's that's mom. Maddie's mom. That's Maddie's okay, mom. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah okay. so we didn't spend a lot of time, like, doing the, the big domestic stuff. Uh-huh. We spent a lot of time doing what we love, traveling, going out to eat. Um, I mean, I, that's how we were known in the neighborhood. Like, people knew if they wanted an adventure on the weekends, come to Tanya's house, and you're going to get that. Word. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... so being the only girl of yeah. six, five, five, mm-hmm. so it's, it's five total, five total, five total. So being the only girl, yeah. What was it like being the only girl? Was it like your brothers trying to rough you up all the time, or that's was, funny? What's funny? Them rough me up? No, you Hilarious. were doing the roughing up. Oh gosh, come on, yeah. Where do you fall out of the five? I'm the second oldest. That makes sense. Yeah, that's why. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I'm big sis. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, that was pretty much how it was, though. Um, Four boys. So my older brother, he's seven years older than me. So he kind of like he was already kind of grown by the time anything made sense to me. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) And so he was still living in L.A. He he was raised by my grandpa a majority of the time. Um, So when we moved, when I was about 10 years old, he stayed with my grandpa, actually. Really? Yeah, that's like, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's like a 90s thing, 80s thing or whatever, but like. We totally believe in the village system of mm-hmm. raising children. So it's like when I got a certain age, my um, my cousins would move in with me and like go finish high school then or whatever. Like we didn't have that system of like, oh, I don't like the way you parents stay away from me. No, if I have a better way or if I have a better opportunity, which living in the suburbs, that's the reason why my, why my mom moved us there because she has so many boys. Mm-hmm. So she's like, there's no way I will raise these these kids in the 90s in LA. Like, absolutely not, right? Yeah. Because of the, the violence and the gang and all of the things that were associated at that time, she really wanted to give them a different opportunity. So we moved to LA, I mean, um, moved to Ontario, Fontana and we were raised there and when my cousins would come and they're like you know I like it better out here I want to finish high school here and my mom's like yeah doors open so my brother he just stayed there and, and went on to college and everything and everything worked out where did this village like mindset comes from because in African-American community we don't really have too much of a village mindset um I think it's just maybe because I, I have one of those families though that's like very like non-judgmental like all of my friends no, I tease my, my friend Whitney all the time like when you come there my grandpa sees you you're getting a key that's just how he is like <laughs> <laughs> everyone knows that's like one of the houses in the neighborhood that like if you're like passing through and you need to use the restroom you know to stop there because somebody is going to be that home that doesn't scare anybody no we're like traditional we're old school like the stuff you see like you know the movie Friday and uh-huh. like everyone's like family everyone knew each other and that's how it is in LA for real really yeah but with everything going on in LA that we've seen on TV mm-hmm. I've been to LA a few times I love it there yeah I would move there but I can't afford it right but well man I can't afford it now I say yeah. that but how did your mom stop you know you all from getting involved in like the gang violence and everything like that of LA she moved us out like before moving out like how long were you guys in LA um so I was she she had only had two boys at the time okay okay. so that was enough for her to know like okay well I have two boys Mm -hmm. so that's enough for me to move out of LA um so yeah I was about nine years old so once she had her second boy 
she made the plan. She made the plan. They were young, young, and it's like, yo, right now we have to go. Well, one was older, right? Mm -hmm. So I had my older brother, and he was already running the streets. Um, But he was, he's intelligent, so... He didn't really go too far into like the gang stuff, but he liked to be outside. But mm-hmm. you hear about things, right? You hear about stuff on the news, people around you who have unfortunate situations, getting locked up, this and that. So my mom was like, there's no way that my children will have that future. So when you know she made her plan and, and got her money together and found her house, we moved right away, yeah. Wow. Yeah, but you know, he, at the time he was already mm-hmm. like in high school, so he wasn't. It wasn't easy to have him move, right? So he kind of stayed, and then he came eventually. He came with us, and then you know, finished high school there. So, we'll fast forward a little bit to college. Okay. College is like the turn up situation. Not for me. Not for you. Not for me. No. Why not? Um, because you know, being the only girl, I got to see reality very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because you know, a majority of the time, my mom was single, so she worked a lot. And so we had, you know, daycare, and then I was like second mom. Okay, yeah, I was like second mom. So I helped raise them a lot. Like even now, my mom calls me her co-parent. You know, <laughs> even though all of our fathers are active, yeah. everyone's in there. But there's nothing like having that like hands-on help, right? Absolutely. So I was that person like to step up and really just take care of mom. Like I learned how to take care of them, teach them how to count, how to read, get them ready for school in the morning, Mm -hmm. Um, whatever they needed. Like I was there after school. I knew how to pick them up and the teachers knew me. And even now, like I'm calling their colleges like, hey, you know, is this paper good or whatever the case is? I'm really like hands on with Uh with them. So um, college for me just wasn't my turn up time. I I was just very mature. I knew for college I needed to get through it and get to my career. And that's what I did. So do you so in the world of uh, social work, what you were, we call that a parentified child. A, a what? Parentified child. Okay. So that means pretty much in childhood, you have to be one, a child, and then two, a parent. Right. And okay. then it doesn't give you opportunity to actually grow up and you can kind of like live life as a child. Right. Do you feel that that was you? I feel like that was me to a capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I just now looking back at or looking at my life now, it was necessary. Why do you think it was necessary? Because um, I just... Being an independent, you know, it you you need that kind of. Um, I, I would say, like, out of all my friends, I was probably the one that was most sure about my life and what I wanted, and it, it didn't leave a lot of room for me to like waver or waste a lot of time, squander time, just trying to figure out my path. I was already dreaming at ten years old what I wanted to do and creating my paths and getting mentors and resources and spending a lot of time with established people to kind of see and envision my life and make that path. So mm-hmm. I think for me, it worked out. And then I became like the pioneer for my, my brothers. So once I went to school, my older brother went back to college. He, he now has a doctorate, you know, so wow. the other ones are on their way. They're speeding through college. So for them, and I left the nest first, you mm-hmm. know, so I was the first one to move outside of California. Now everyone lives in a different state. So for me, it just, it really helped my friends, my family, everyone to see like, oh, okay, we can kind of get out there yeah, too, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah, so yeah, it, yeah. it made me the pioneer that I am now, like gotcha. a fearless person that can keep up with the entrepreneur world and all that good stuff, so, yeah. Now, listening to that, it sounds like a lot of pressure though. Okay. To raise a lot of boys, to raise mm-hmm. boys, mm-hmm. you know, at a young age. Right. Did you feel any pressure or you was like, yo, I got this? So the pressure was a little bit different than maybe you would think. Uh-huh. The pressure was just like, yeah, I'm not having kids soon. <laughs> 
right? So for everyone out there wondering, okay, that's the reason. Like <laughs> having so many siblings and being so hands-on uh -huh. forever, like literally since I can remember, I've been helping to take care of children. Yeah. And not that like I didn't have a mom that just like put them off on me. Like I'm going out. You need to watch the kids because I know parents do that too. Mm -hmm. It definitely it wasn't was like that. It was more so like I'm working. Yeah. Thank you for stepping in. Mom was in. a super provider. Yeah. Like we never lacked anything. We were the only single family on the block. You know, like growing up in the suburbs, it's not a lot of single moms mm -hmm. at all. Like that's not the vibe, you know. So we were kind of like the oddballs, but we kept you up. Still made you know? it work. Yeah. So we're at this time. Where's dad? So my physical father is deceased. Yeah, mm. he passed. Um, actually, the year I got married. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So he didn't even get to meet my husband. Oh man, yeah. sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So yeah. So he he passed, and um, yeah. So I have like all of. I'm sorry, mom. Yeah. Um, can we can we cut the video now? Okay. Um, so my father is deceased, mm -hmm. um, but all of the the fathers of my brothers, my siblings, they're all active in my life. Gotcha. So yeah, I still call them for advice. They still come visit me and things like that. So we have a really good relationship. That's good. So losing dad, how was that for you? <sighs> well, he was six, so I was kind of prepared for it. Gotcha. Yeah, I was a little prepared for it, but... Um, it's not easy losing a parent, you know, um, it, it's still a surreal feeling even now. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think I've really dealt with it, how most people deal with, mm -hmm. with passing or deal with deaths. It's, it's, it's traumatic actually, yeah, because yeah, yeah. I, you know, I guess for me, I now find myself like, um, wishing I could call my father about certain things because a lot of people don't know he was the chiropractor for the Lakers. Yeah. So wow. he, the, the entrepreneur world and so developing not and new to you. not new to me at all no i'm i'm i would be second generation well i am second generation millionaire in my family so my father definitely knocked that out he conquered that yeah <laughs> well i mean hey everyone <laughs> you know my you know my husband right okay no i don't you Please do know me. my husband. <laughs> so anyway, um, yeah, so it, for me, it's like these things are second generation for me. So mm -hmm. I, I did get to see them growing up. Um, it's it's not like a situation where it was very distant. Um, mm -hmm. It's very familiar, actually. So, yeah. so when dad transitioned, did it kind of like put a hurdle on life? Not a hurdle, but like a pause on life for you for a moment? Like, because you're... Raising your brothers, right. you know, you being a daughter, you being Erica, like the great Erica that you oh, are. You're so sweet. I try to be, you know, and then life happens yeah. and dad is no longer here. Yeah. And most girls, I'm not saying you aspire to be daddy's girl, but right. you just want to be daddy's girl. Like, what are you thinking then? Um, I mean, we didn't have like the most close knit relationship growing up. Like he has a whole family and whole another side. So he has seven children all together. Oh, there's more. See, there's more. Seven children all together. So he has uh, another daughter mm -hmm. and um, six other boys. Now, how's your I'm relationship sorry. with? Five boys, two girls. Yeah. Five boys, two girls. It's and you're a part of the two. Yes, I'm a part of the two. Okay. So how's your relationship <clears throat> with them? Wonderful. I just got back from Vegas from spending time with them, actually. You're always traveling. Yeah, I am. Yeah. I'm not mad at it. Yeah. I have a lot of family, man. That's I got a lot of people to see. Absolutely. So it's yeah. There's like 10 of y'all? 12 all together, I think. I don't know. Like, it, the math is weird. How do y'all, so do y'all ever like, well, before I ask this question, did dad have this family and you didn't know about this family? Then you kind of like, like, oh, crap, there's a oh, new family. Transparent. Okay. Um, I told so, you. <laughs> so, okay. Um, 
I, so my father was very uh, friendly, <laughs> and mm-hmm. my mom was a friend of his. And my siblings, I have a, a set, there's a set of twins oh. that are, yeah, a boy and a girl who are okay. twins. They're about, we're about 28 days apart. Okay. Yeah. So when mom finds out that there's a new kid on the block, mm. what's mom's thoughts? So from what I know, because I did interview them, but it was a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I know, my mom and dad, their relationship was more like, like, you know, she was like, the, she was like a me, like the go-getter, the smart, ambitious, beautiful, on the scene. Dad was like, ooh, I like her, love her, want her, take her out, wine and dine, fun, 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 right? Like all my mom's friends, they all know my dad, right? Mm-hmm. So whenever they went out like yachts and parties and Lakers this and whatever, my mom was like the plug, right? Yeah. Like, oh, you date the guy who's, you know. So she wasn't necessarily aware of the family. Because she just thinks like, yo, what we got We're just going hanging on. out. Yeah. yeah, it was nothing for both of them. They expressed it wasn't as serious as you would think you know they were just kind of hanging out and whoopsies and um now mom's pregnant and um she was debating actually on on keeping me really yeah I don't think I've ever told this story um but yeah she was she was debating and then when she got there they told her it was too late so uh, too late because too late is what like two months in I think it is no a little further but you know, it takes time actually for women to really realize we're pregnant. Yeah, so. I was. I saw some video the other day where a young lady she was saying that she was feeling ill, and the doctors kept telling her she wasn't pregnant. She right. wasn't pregnant, and then she come to find out she was like six months pregnant. Right. Yeah. So I don't know if that was exactly the the situation, uh-huh. but um, it does take a while, which is why I hate this little law thing that just came out because Horrible. what like. That's a whole nother yeah, yeah, topic. Absolutely. But the point is, we don't really even know or really understand, like, you know, your body goes to changes, but mm-hmm. we're women. So it goes to changes every month. You know yeah. what I mean? So <laughs> regardless if you're pregnant or not. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of one of those situations where they found out she was debating um, because they weren't like together and, and you know, in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then here I am. So um, stepmom, her and I are really close. So I asked, also I interviewed her too. And I asked her like, how was that? <laughs> she was like, I didn't know anything about you until you were about two years old. Wow. Yeah. So um, I asked her like, well, would you have been upset? You know? And she was like, I mean, I pretty much knew how your father was, you know? So I, I would be, I wouldn't be in denial about how he is and who he was and things like that. Um, but at the time she didn't have any girls. Mm-hmm. So she felt like, wow, I would have been so heartbroken had I not had a, a daughter yet. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, she had her first girl when I came along, you know, but she found out about me when I was two years old. She says that um, one day, you know, they I guess they decided to have a meeting and to introduce me. And she said when she saw me, she already knew. Yeah. How she know? I guess because I look like him. Yeah, I have his features. Okay. So she's like, yeah, I already knew. But she's like, from the day I met you, I fell in love with you. So whenever I would go see my dad, like, me and stepmom were like this. So even I, we, we just retired her, actually, through Airbnb. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I got with my brothers on that side and made a plan with mom. And even now, like, I'll call every once in a while, maybe every other month, check in, make sure that they're on track with everything, share any knowledge that I know. And she's, yeah, she's chilling. So we take care of her through our hustle. That's lit. Yeah. Um, family is really uh, important to me. Like I can tell. Yeah, family is really important tell. to me. I just don't believe that you can build things outside 
when your inside is in shambles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm not that kind of person. Like I it, Now I understand that there are some family members, some things that you just can't reconcile, but I at least do my best and, and let that person or that thing know, like, listen, I, I just can't. You know mm. what I'm saying? But I love you. Yeah. Just got to love you from a distance. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm honest about that, but I do the best that I can, and when, it, when I can or what I can do, I do it. So it's simple for me. Right, that way right. I don't feel any kind of stress or guilt with helping anything outside because home is taken care of. Word. Yeah. So your stepmom says she knew, she just kind of knew who your dad was and what he did. Yeah. As a woman, as a wife now, yeah. why do you believe women kind of like tolerate a lifestyle that us, we as men sometimes, you know, do or have? Ooh, that is loaded because everyone's so different. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like some women, even talking to a lot of wives now with, with my wives club, some women, their non-negotiables vary, mm-hmm. right? So some women do believe that men are not meant to be totally monogamous. So, you know, family is important. Legacy is important. Wife and husband and marriage is important. But he might do his thing on the side. He might have, you know, fun or explore or whatever the case is outside, but it's nothing serious and Mm -hmm. it doesn't interfere. And as long as he keeps it on that side and it doesn't interrupt what we have going on um, in the family life, that it should be no problem. Some women just feel that way. They're they're like that. Touche. Not my vibe, but (laughs) touche, you know. Um, And I think that she's just one of those people that just understood who my father was prior Mm. to marrying him or even while being married with him. At the end of the day, staying married is a choice. Every woman knows that. So we all have the option to decide whether we're going to tolerate or not tolerate, Mm -hmm. but at what cost, right? And I just think that she felt that her marriage and her children and their legacy was more important than his character flaws. I feel it. I feel it. So, the collide of you and Mr. Matty J. Yeah. How'd that happen? Wow. Um, okay. So, again, remember going back to college days, right? Mm. I wasn't really the party goer. Like, that wasn't my vibe because I had, I'd seen people come, like, go to college before me. And then when I got there, they were still, like, at the same level. And I'm like, how did that happen? Right. <laughs> but I realized they were partying. Like, yep. that was the thing. They were partying. So, it kind of. Mm. Okay, yeah. cool. no shade. Oh, it's but, all good. I'm all, I've got my degree. Yeah. <laughs> we finished, right? For sure. Um, so I just knew, like, again, I, I grew up, like, quickly. Mm-hmm. My yep, brothers yeah. were, like, my children. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have time to play. Yeah. yeah. You know, I didn't have time. That wasn't it for me. I'm like, I could play later. Mm-hmm. I'll still be young enough to play. So I didn't start hanging out, going out to clubs and all of that until after college. Yeah, I needed a career first, then I can go to the club. What did you do on majoring? Um, so I majored in psychology. Really? Actually, yeah. Yeah, I majored in psychology. And then um, I went on to work for uh, the government in L.A. Mm-hmm. And that was my career. That's when I met uh, my husband. I was, you know, in my career and, and making my arrangements to, you know, my next financial plans and things like that, um, which is what I teach in the Wives in Waiting um, clubs. It's really just to focus on yourself and you will attract the right person for you. So I already, like, had my husband envisioned in my mind, like... So what did you envision? Okay, he definitely has to be intelligent Mm -hmm. because I like intellectual conversations. I like to be stimulated intellectually, right? Um, I like to dream and envision and travel in my mind. Like, I'm just very creative. I've I've always been like that. So I knew that I wanted to be with someone intelligent um, and spontaneous. Um, I prefer tall, but, you know, that's whatever. Not a deal breaker for me. Um, but just exactly who he is. He's very charismatic. He's fun. 
Um, we'd never have a dull day or a dull moment, you know. Um, and, and a businessman, he's a pioneer. Um, someone that I knew I wouldn't get bored with, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and there's just someone who's just bright, like someone I can really grow with, can teach yeah. me things, can lead. He's all of those things, actually. So I actually met him at the club. Now we're getting to it. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those days, right, where um, my cousin, shout out to my cousin. She, I, I'll show you her Instagram later. I don't remember it off the top, but I think it's Artiste Noel. But anyway, um, she was in L.A. She grew up in L.A. And he was already popular. So they knew him from the party promoting and the business stuff. So everyone already knew him. But I grew up outside of L.A. So I didn't know him yet. So when he approached me the first time, I was like, eh, no. Right? Oh, you shot him down. I did. I love you, babe. (laughs) I did. Because I just, you know, he was he was flashy already. Mm-hmm. You know, he had the chains and the, you know, he had the Maddie J stuff going on. So I just was like, okay, no, you know, I, I want a businessman. Like in my mind, right, I want someone smart. And so I just kind of like stereotyped him um, based on that. Like maybe he's not the kind of guy, right? So she's like, no, you need to talk to him. My, my cousin, yeah. And um, so I saw him again at, at a party. And this was like a really big party with like Lil Wayne. So you were partying for real for afterwards. Um, not, no, it really wasn't heavy like that. But it's Hollywood. It's a different type of vibe. Like if something is going on, you go. Really? Yeah. Why do you have like what is it? The, what is it about Hollywood that they have something going on that you just got to go? Well, because Hollywood's very exclusive. Mm. Like it, it doesn't really. It's not just about the money, you having money, or you yeah. being able to get in the room, but you can create opportunities in Hollywood that you can't create any other place because it's so exclusive. So you're not, everybody doesn't get in. Everyone doesn't get to be in the room, even if you have a ticket, even if you're there, if you're on time, it doesn't matter, right? You really, the networking is different, right? Here, I just feel like in Atlanta, um, it's not as exclusive. Like you just got to kind of Get in there, That's right? <laughs> but in Cali, there is layers and layers and layers. So when you have an opportunity to get um, in, a, in, a, in a big room, you go. Gotcha. And so that, that was the vibe for me. Like, okay. I only came out when it was really, you know, when it, it was something like, to be done. That's the thing. I know mm-hmm. it's like it's going to take some work to get yeah. in. So I need to be there. Yeah. Okay. So right? the second time. The right people are going to be there. Yeah, so yeah. he was the right person that was there that night. So the second time around. Yeah. So the second time he sees me, um, but we don't talk. We don't talk that time. Um, on purpose? He, no. I, well, or it was I just like it was a lot going on in the... Yeah, it was a lot going on. We were there. It was happening. It was bright. <laughs> yeah. It was like... Yeah, it was crazy. So um, we don't speak then, but we follow up online. So okay. now he's liking the pictures and My stuff space? like that. No. How old do you think we are? MySpace? Instagram. The best dating app there is. It is actually Instagram. Instagram, because that's where you get to see the realness. This is true. Now, if you go because on these Tinder, are trash dating apps. yeah, if you go on a t- dating apps, you're gonna get who they're portraying. Not saying that Instagram doesn't have fluff, yeah, yeah, but it's a lot harder to be consistent with the fluff mm-hmm. right there. Plus, again, you're not on there for dating, so no one's trying to pretend like there's some lover boy or some lover girl or hide their family or whatever. Yeah. That, you know what I mean? It's just a lot more realness. That, I think that you'll get there than you will on a dating app. How old are you and Maddie right now? I am 31. He's 32. Y'all are young. Yeah. Well. Yes, young. Okay. I'll take that. Yes. 
we're, we're the young, we're the new young. Right. The new young. The new young, hilarious. So the gram. So y'all met. So at this time, he's sliding your DMs, or you just he, okay. he's liking your pictures. So here's the thing, okay? Because he's let truth, me just tell you Erica. the truth, okay? So he's liking my pictures. I go to his page. Now I can see he's everything that I was desiring, right? So I'm like, wow, I was so wrong about this guy, right? So I follow him back, and now we're like, you know, we're doing the likes, right? And then um, I made this post, and the post was like a silhouette of like a stripper and a silhouette of a businesswoman. And I think I made a caption that was like, yeah, choose wisely, because at that moment, I'm on my business stuff, right? So like, you know, all the guys, want now this is like the, the age of like the you know, everybody's showing everything. Mm -hmm. And all of that was like really becoming a thing. Now it's like all out there. Oh, but sure. at that time, six years ago, seven years ago, it wasn't like that. You were still on the low with like all that, you mm -hmm. know? But I'm like, yeah, you know, choose wisely. And so he comments, he says something. I think he was like, I don't know. Anyway, he says something and then I responded to him. But I'm like, let me just respond in his DMs because I'm not about to have this conversation on my, my post. Like, so you that's low key weird. plotting. I wasn't. Honestly, I wasn't. So I just wanted to respond in the DMs. Like, we can converse there. So once I did that, he's like, oh, yeah, give me your number. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't come here just to <laughs> give you my number so abruptly. Like, let's get to know each other. But he's like, what? Give me your number. So I gave him my number. We had conversation. We FaceTime dates and all that good stuff. Because at the time, he was living in Vegas and moving to Atlanta. Mm. Yeah, so... Um, we we start talking we had conversation for a couple weeks and then we met up visited each other and i met his family and oh, he was serious yeah so within the first couple weeks of us talking like maybe like the first week or two he was letting me know like yeah i'm looking for a wife and i was like that's interesting because i'm preparing for a husband which is another thing that i teach in my wives and waiting class a lot of women um don't have luck finding a husband or getting married because they're not making sure that that person is interested in marriage. Mm. That's important. So for us, we got married in about 10 months. 10 months. Because mm -hmm. clearly Maddie was serious. Yeah. You were serious. Yeah. And you knew that you wanted each other. Yeah. So was there anything, was there anything that kind of maybe in the back of your head saying, maybe not yet? No. Because you know some women, they had they get the cold feet or some men get the cold feet. Right. And... Their boys getting their heads, girls get might get in the head, yeah. and it's like, well, you may, don't you want to wait? Like, you know, it's only been ten months. Right? Did you have any of that? No, I think um, the way I grew up, I kind of always kind of did things on the edge or taking a risk, or uh -huh. you know. So, and at that time, I was like, okay, I'm 25, no children, still super young, finished with school, have degree, mm. all of that stuff. I have work history. I have a great head on my shoulder. Yeah. So what is there to fear? If anything, you know, goes left, I can start over. True. You know, and I'll still be young and I'll still have everything I have, right? Uh -huh. So I didn't have any fear because of that. Um, plus, of course, prayer. We don't do anything without prayer. So we were on the same page spiritually. So at that time, it was more like this is a decision between myself and God and myself and my husband. So whatever anybody else has to say, even my mom was like, okay, 10 months, who is this guy? Uh-uh. Like, no, you're not quitting your career and moving across the country. Um, but I'm like, mom, like mm -hmm. you raised me, right? Right. So you got to trust that. And here we are almost seven years in and yeah. So before the marriage, mm -hmm. uh, was there any like non-negotiables that was like, yo, this is not going down until I get this ring? Yeah. Moving in, moving in. Um, 
another thing I teach in a lot of No, seriously, because again, a lot of women prolong their wing by moving in. So you you say you teach no moving in until the engagement or after the actual wedding. Yeah. Yeah. In today's world, finances is like crazy. Mm -hmm. Rents through the roof. Right. Mortgages through the roof. Right. Houses are overpriced. Yes. And there's some people say, hey, we're going to roommate it up. Right. But you tell your your ladies, wait. Right. Um, and this is because I did it, right? Mm-hmm. I was a, I had roommates or housemates, but they were women. Yeah. Other single women who we were all on the same page, right? So what's the problem with getting a nice three-bedroom house and splitting the rent with two other women who are single until, you know, you're ready to, to move? I'm not saying you got to do it exactly like that. I'm just giving you a scenario of how mm-hmm. I did it, and it worked for me. Um, but I just, I knew, I was serious about marriage, you know, and um, I had already been preparing myself. I already kind of envisioned the man I wanted to marry. So it was just a matter of time before we met and and, and things went correctly. But mm-hmm. again, I was prepared. And so I believe that you get success in anything when opportunity meets preparation. So a lot of people have great opportunities, but they're not ready for them. And then it passes them. They don't get the success they're looking for. But if you want success, got, we got to cut it, Mom. Okay, if you want success, you have to prepare so when the opportunity presents itself, you can capitalize on that. And that's with anything in life, relationships, um, entrepreneurship, whatever it is, business, it doesn't matter. You need to be prepared mm-hmm. or preparing yourself. That's your duty. Yeah. You know, especially as a woman, we don't um, – as a woman, we don't go seek the man. I, I don't believe that either. Um, I believe we prepare for them, you know, and get everything in order so that when that happens, you don't have to. So the things I had in order, my credit history, my career path, my five-year financial plan, um, my, you know, just visions about myself and my life, making sure I was strong as an individual so that when it came time to join forces, everything didn't fall into shambles. Now, of course, nothing was perfect. There were a lot of, you know, bumpy roads because I had never done this before and neither had he. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, I was pretty prepared for that. So it didn't really take a lot of time for us to move forward. So Maddie being a big deal, did he ever, because, you know, there's like the whole prenup. So it's like somebody, if somebody comes to a relationship and they're like the, correct me if I'm wrong, the breadwinner. Yeah. What did you Definitely use? yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Definitely gotta yes. gotta tread lightly yeah. in the conversation time. Yeah. But I just Maddie, make the toast. <laughs> you like that, I know. I, I love that. Okay. <laughs> so Maddie being the <laughs> <laughs> Not everybody dying. <laughs> I can't stand you. <laughs> Maddie being the breadwinner, right? Did he ever test you? Because some men they like to test their I women. I think he did. But you think I don't so? know, yeah, but I don't know. Why do you think I don't know. Like, I remember a time where, like, we had talked about um, getting married. Once uh-huh. we decided to get married, things got really serious. Like, really? he's like, oh, yeah. He's he's business-oriented even at home, right? Which I love because I didn't have that male structure growing up. Mm-hmm. So that's my little childhood creeping in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't yeah, have yeah. that male structure growing up because I didn't live with my father. But I wanted it. Right. I want I, I wanted structure because I'm I'm a wild flower. Like just do as just you do please. as I Go please. Yes. And sometimes I can get you in trouble. So I, I had structure on my own, but I needed that extra layer to really make, you know, grow and, and be successful. Mm-hmm. So I desired that in, a, in my husband. Um, so when we started, when we, you know, decided we are going to get married, he's like, OK, let me look at your credit history. Let's see that credit score. Um, what does your debt look like? 
Yeah, everything. So I had to send everything over. And he was very transparent about his, you know, banking and all that mm-hmm. good stuff, too. And so where I think I was tested um, at one point in time when everything was like kind of getting, you know, to the wire of me like moving, he transferred a large lump sum of money into my account. Um, yeah, like it, it was like a, a large um, lump sum because How large? it was large. How large? It was large. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't in the millions, okay? Let me okay, just say that. Okay. It wasn't that large, but it was it was a good portion. Okay. And, um, you know, just until he, like, you know, made some changes and things like that. And, um, yeah, it was just, it just sat there. So he just, how did he get your account number? He asked for it. And you just willingly gave it? Yeah, we were already. But you were just dating. But we had already decided we were getting married. So, so like, trans- we were technically engaged. It's just our engagement didn't last long because we went straight from let's get married to getting married. Y'all it's very simple. Else. Yeah, we are. I know. This is why I needed someone who was my speed. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. faster at this point. Absolutely. Clearly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I think that was a little test. So I don't know. That's just my large sum of money in your account. And you just let it sit there. Yeah. Until he was ready to do whatever he wanted to do with it. And then. Yeah. But did you think anything like suspicious of it? Like, is he moving drug money in my no, account? Like no, I knew him at the time. I knew what he did and where the money came from. I, I knew everything. Yeah. So you let the money sit there. Mm-hmm. Did you ever ask him about this? Do y'all have. No, did, not never, that. You've never questioned this. Not that part, no. Really? No. What makes you so secure so in him to not question it? The money? Yeah. Because, because he was he's honest about everything. Like, he told me what he was doing. It wasn't like a surprise. Yeah, we had a conversation then. Okay, cool. So I think I'm just saying, me personally, I think that was the test. Like, okay, is this girl money hungry? Like, is she gonna yeah. go blow it on a Chanel or or a couple Chanels, or is she gonna go take my money and not and tell? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. think that was like a part of the little test thing. So prenup never came up because of you passed that test. I think so. I don't know. He's you gotta ask him I when he comes. Yeah, he's probably gonna be like, I don't remember that. But you know, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just think that was a that was a thing. You know, you men have amnesia sometimes. Okay, so you're in Vegas at the time, right? No, he's in Vegas. He's in Vegas. Moving you're here. in LA. I'm in LA. He's moving to Atlanta. Yes. So, how did he get you here? Besides marriage. That was it. That was it. So it was yeah. like, where'd you get married at? The courthouse. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Let me yeah. Courthouse shorty. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. Courthouse so, shorty. did you not want the big wedding? Um, I didn't care because I figured um, we would do it later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, but we knew, like, we understood. We were on the same page, again, spiritually, that it's against our beliefs to move in before marriage. Mm-hmm. So, if you wanted me here living the wife life that I have to be the wife. You're going to have to put a ring yeah. on Yeah. And that's when he was like, all right. Right. He had, wow. a, he had a choice now. Oh, clearly. No. <laughs> he had a choice. Yeah, he chose wisely, right? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so we, we moved in and we uh-huh. started life. Like, when you get married, it's like life is real. You Absolutely. know, you, you start doing life together. So we were really occupied with doing life. So I just figured whenever we want a wedding, um, we can just have it. Have you had it yet? No, we haven't. By now, it's like whatever. Yeah, by now, it's whatever. You know, we've we've done enough. Um, But I do think that we'll do something, like Mm -hmm. some kind of something now that we have, you know, friends here and I know people here. Yeah, Yeah, like something, right? Um, To just kind of celebrate our union and things like that. Like when I moved here, I knew nobody. 
Nobody. Now you know everybody. Now I, I know I know a couple people. <laughs> I know a few of y'all. Yeah. So I think now it'll make more sense, right? Yeah, Versus yeah, then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not really having a lot going on and just trying to get life together. Just so. finish my names on the invite list. Of course. Jojo. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> so being CEO Mrs. Maddie. Yes. A lot of women would have a problem being their husband. And when I say that, when I say um, how I say this, that this identity crisis that a lot of women tend to have yes. when it comes to when they become one. Yeah. And you have to take the man's last name. Yeah. You have to take on his legacy. Mm-hmm. You have to produce children. You have to be the wife, you know, the mom, all that types of stuff. But it seems as if you don't have a problem with any of that. Yeah. What makes you so secure in that? And how do you keep your identity as Erica? Yeah. And then also keep the identity of Mrs. Maddie. That's a great question. Now, number one, um, for me, I knew a lot of this before saying yes, before saying I do. So I think that um, for women, it's important for us to really analyze the person we're dealing with and the life we're going to have and really decide if that's a life for you mm-hmm. um, before just saying yes to all the perks and not realizing the reality right, of what that comes with. So again, with my father being an entrepreneur, I already had like a preview to what that life looks like. Yeah. And so I was already kind of you know ready and equipped to, to move forward in that. Um, number two, as far as identity, I did go through an identity crisis. Mm. Absolutely. The first, I would say the first two years of our marriage were, it was a nightmare for me, you know, individually, um, just trying to find myself because imagine if, you know, you are working and you're doing your, your thing, you have all of these goals and all these plans. And then tomorrow someone says, yeah, don't go to work anymore. You're done. Um, this is your new life. So in that moment, Maddie tells you that. Yeah. What are you thinking? Like, because in a sense, you had your own independence. Correct. And then you come into his life and you all's worlds collide together. And it sounds like there's a slight bump in heads as like, you want me to do what now? Right. So it really wasn't bumping heads, but it was Mm -hmm. more so of like, okay, right? Like, not just like, okay, yeah, let's do it. But I'm like, at first I was hesitant, right? Like, okay, well, should I come find a career there first? And like, he's like, no, like I have a business. Like you'll just work with me and help me and we'll, you know, we'll grow this and that's how we'll do life, you know? And so I'm like, okay, so I'm nervous already, right? Because I knew and understood that my identity was heavily on my business moves and my financial plan. I knew that, so I didn't have a plan outside of that, which is why I teach it now, mm-hmm. right? So I encourage women to to really understand who they are, even if that becomes their situation. Yeah. Um, I had to learn the hard way, but I'm glad that I did learn alone because now I'm able to share with other people the tools and resources and how to navigate that space because mm-hmm. it's difficult, right? And yeah. Um, if you always have people to, to rely on and just call every five seconds about everything, you really never grow. True. You know, so I was I was pretty isolated, not having friends or family here. Um, and just just me and God, me and me and God in the closet, praying a lot about how to get through things. And that's what happened. So in that moment, did you ever be like, yo, this is not for me anymore? Yes. Yes. Um, not in the sense that I wanted to give up on our marriage, mm-hmm. but just like, I got to figure this out. Like, this is this is not who I am at all. Like, yeah. everyone knew me as the person I am that you see today, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, super personality, outgoing, everywhere, social butterfly. So everyone was looking for that person when I got married, and I couldn't find her. 
Really? Yeah, she was gone. Like she was like sleep dormant somewhere. And I really had to do some homework and some research and get in that mirror and really talk to myself. Like, who are you? What do you want to mm-hmm. be? How are you going to carry it out and make that plan? And I think sometimes, you know, as women, we don't really want to get that transparent even with ourselves. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. you know, we really don't go there with the guys. So doing that with ourselves is, is difficult, but it's necessary. And it really did um, give me the healing and the closure that I needed in order to emerge. So what were some things that you did to get back to you? Yeah. So um, a couple of things. I just I was really open with God. I had those talks like as if God was like my father at the time, because that's, that's what God is. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't have my father to call. So I had to. Um, talk to God just like that. Like, Dad, I need your help. Like, I need guidance. I don't know where to go, what to do, right? And then, like, being the wife of someone that's known, you really don't have a lot of people around you that you can be transparent with in a new new world, right? So I don't have my friends that know me, and, you know, and then I don't want to call mom all the time because then she worries. Mm-hmm. Okay, come home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, Mom, you can't just come home when you're married, right, you right. know? So... Um, I was just really, really transparent with God, really begging God to really help me to clear my mind and find myself and know who who Mm -hmm. I am and what I want to do. And so um, and who it is that I want to become. So I had to get my prayer life together. Um, After that, I started to build um, support systems, Um, just even if it was, you know, mentors, people that I would learn from and, um, you know, humble yourself. Right. And and just say, I want to learn from you. And just kind of shadow people um, that I had access to. And that helped me to really kind of write down the things that I like and how I want to help people. And I think that's the biggest question I ask myself is how do I want to help other people? Right. Mm -hmm. And by me helping other people, that really helped me to find myself. Gotcha. So that's what, you know, this this whole mentoring and all of that stuff, it, it really made me put into practice the things that I teach. So that that would say that would be my whole little roadmap right there. Winning Wise Club. Yes. Did I say it right? Yeah. You can always mess it up. You do. <laughs> you got it right this time. The Winning Wise Club yeah. and Wives in Waiting. Yes. Why? So Winning Wives is because I think a lot of women think they have to choose mm-hmm. um, what area they're going to win in. Um, I can be the wife, but I can't be the entrepreneur. I could be the wife and the great mom, but I lack for my own self-care. I could be the great mom, but my husband's going to be neglected. Right. And so for winning wives, my vision was that, you know what, after I went through what I went through and I, I came out on top, I know that it, it really is about your mindset. It's about your mindset. It's about being humble. It's about uh, your resources. It's about getting out there and doing the work. And I feel and I experience that when you really do put in the right effort and you have the right support, you can win in all areas. So I decided to name my group. Shout out to Whitney right there, Coach Whitney. Um, she was one of the first to really help me uh, navigate my entrepreneurial space. So I came up with Winning Wives because I'm like, look, if we tackle these issues together and build that support. So I created a community called the Winning Wives Club where we meet once or twice a month and we have discussions about everything in marriage. Mm. So things from being a stepmom to how to communicate to discussing finances, right? All women, all married women struggle with these areas. All married people struggle in these areas, but instead of allowing it to build up and not knowing how to navigate it and exploding and ending in divorce, why don't we have conversation with like-minded women who have gone through the same thing 
and share some gems with each other so that now we can kind of navigate that space in our own marriage. So that's how that came about. Just really wanting women, wives to win. Mm-hmm. Just like I, I had to go through that journey myself. So were you scared shifting from Maddie's world going into Erica's world as, as an entrepreneur? No, not at all. Because I knew, you know, I already had these qualities in me before meeting him. I just lost them when, you know, I didn't have any guidance yeah, or, yeah. or anywhere to look up to or any, you know, this is a new space. Actually, an entrepreneur wife is, is a new space. Like, it's been around. We've seen it on TV and things like that. But actually being in our proximity, having people that have done it before, that's the part that was like, you know, who's sharing the game? Who's sharing the gyms? Who's telling us what's really going on behind the scenes of, of entrepreneurship and, you know, being a wife in this space? No one. It's, it's very hush-hush. Yeah. So um, because I didn't have it, I created it. That's dope. Yeah. So what are, like, some of the things, the struggles that you see women face within your community when they first join? Um, just being open. You know, a lot of women get married and they go into hiding. You know, they, they hide behind the perfect life and they want to be the one that everyone looks up to. And, you know, marriage is a, is a big deal. And a lot of women aspire to be married. Um, so nobody ever wants to feel like, you know, oh, there's trouble in my paradise. You know, so women just being transparent about having talks about struggle areas and marriage is that's the biggest thing I think you know women just really don't want to show that they're vulnerable in that space and I get it right you have something to protect when you're married you have a lot to protect you have your family your image your husband your your marriage yourself your children you have so much to protect so I really feel bad sometimes when I see these celebrities going through divorce or going through their struggles publicly um, because it's a lot, mm-hmm. you know, and, and nobody is hurtful, really, when you have issues in your marriage and it's kind of um, open for people to see and criticize. So I think that's the biggest thing. But I always emphasize in my community, like, our integrity mm-hmm. and that we're there to support each other and not to be the toxic friend. We already have the toxic yeah, friends, right. right? We already have the toxic <laughs> support around uh-huh. us, right? The people, you need to leave him and all of that good stuff. We already have that. But we wanted a place that's promotional, yeah. a place that's going to help us to stay and navigate versus just leave. You don't, I don't have to tell you to leave. You already know that's an option, right? That's, that's the thing that most people will go for is to leave. That's the easy way. But if you're going to try and stick it out, I think my community is great. That's dope. Yeah. Last question. I Last think. one? I think. Okay. So in a sense, you and Maddie's relationship, you can say it's in the public eye. Okay. Instagram. True. You, Profiles are not on private. No. People can go in and just look and view. What's the t- toughest challenge that you have seen being Maddie's wife? Um, that's like broad. Like toughest challenge in what space? In what? Sp- okay, so let's let's narrow it down. So let's narrow it down some more. So I have a few more questions there. Okay. So let's say with other women. Okay. So you know, women are tri- some women are trifling. Oh yeah, y'all know who y'all are. <laughs> So you have, I'm sure he, like, he trusts you, so I'm sure he gives you access to everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you've seen comments, DMs, yeah. pictures, and all types of yeah. stuff. Like, you know, how have you dealt with that as a, as a wife? As yeah. somebody of a, his stature? Yes. Um, my husband's very friendly. You know, he has a lot of women friends. Um, he has a lot of friends in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of people who, you know, depend on him for, for insight, you know, um, business tips, um, all kind of things and he's very selfless so um, there's a lot of relationships that he builds with with people and with women and I think that sometimes women just being a woman I think that sometimes they can you know have a a wrong idea 
um, about what that means. So for me, um, I just really focus on our relationship and mm-hmm. not really the relationship he has with other people. Um, because I kind of know that that's who he is and, yeah. and what kind of comes along with the territory. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not a new thing, right? That was something that, again, I accepted before we got married. True. So I already kind of knew that that vibe. Um, but I think for him, it's new. For really? him to know that... I say that in the sense that um, him not thinking that women necessarily care about the boundary of marriage. Mm. Yeah, I think that part's new for because him. Because he's so friendly. He yeah. just thinks, oh, you know, I'm just helping so-and-so. That's right. oh, that's just so-and-so. Or if I don't, you know, how guys think, if I don't vocalize that it's something, mm-hmm. right, or if I don't say it's something, then why would you think that it is? But women are very um, emotional. Women can be very delusional um, into thinking that nice means I like you, you know? So... Anyway, I haven't had any, you know, real problems with any other women because of, you know, our relationship, us focusing on our relationship, him making sure that he understands my boundaries and why they're in place and me doing the same thing, showing the same respect. So that's kind of how we deal with the other women. (laughs) Has there ever been a moment where you just had to like, you guys are out somewhere because you guys are all everywhere. Yeah. Like everywhere. And it hasn't been a time where a woman just came up and just dis- flat out disrespected you and just like all up in Maddie's face and just like she sees you but she's like I'm still shooting my shot. Um, Not necessarily shooting their shot but I think more so behind the scenes like mm-hmm. you know the DMs and the stuff like that like you know but I've seen them <laughs> so like he shows them so it's kind of like it's sad mm-hmm. you know because I see them and I'm like yeah poor girl. I have another question. Okay. There but yeah, some, just to, just to clarify, yeah. no, no one's ever disrespected me in that way, and I okay. do believe that if that ever ha- did happen, that my husband would definitely um, check that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There was a time um, Maddie had he had locked himself away for some time, mm-hmm. and you know what I'm talking about. I think so. He had locked himself like he was like on this like juice like he was like cleansing himself of juices and. Mm-hmm. I think it was like snacks and something like that, like kind of like cleansing stuff going through like I think it was like a spiritual fast something he was doing because he had put it on okay. Instagram. He was showing us like how to like rebuild yourself and stuff uh-huh. like that. And I think I don't know. Were you there with him then? Yeah. But, you know, we have like uh, multiple properties uh-huh. and we have multiple businesses. So I'm always busy. So when we have space to kind of do and explore what we need to as individuals in our marriage. So I don't think I was like like in the process with him. I okay. don't, uh, yeah. But no, my question re- is this though. So do you, so a lot of couples like, there's couples like, oh, you're not going anywhere without me. Oh yeah, no. I gotta be there. You know, if you're going to this house, I'm going to the house with yeah. you. You're going to the house, I'm going no to the house. You're going to the condo, mm-hmm. I'm be with you. How does it work for you all saying, yo, I'm going to be here. Right. And I'm going to be here. And it may be for a few days, even though it might be in the same city or, or yeah. a distant place like that. Like how do you guys work that out? Um, I think again, so growing up, my father didn't live with my stepmom. So that wasn't an abnormal thing um, for the man to be gone all the time. Mm. Um, now, granted, his lifestyle was a little different. <laughs> okay. Um, however, when just being married as long as I've been married, I do understand the importance of continuing your personal growth and self-development as a married person. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we lose that, right? Like people think when they get married, that's the, that's the end. But it's actually the starting point. Mm. not a finish finish point at all it's a starting point of a new life a new way you're going to do life right now you have a partner you have to adjust you're still going to grow you're changing so 
again, we respect each other in that regard. So if he says, you know, hey, I'm going to you know, take a day at this property or a couple of days at this property um, just to clear my mind or cleanse or whatever. Um, number one, he never uninvites me like it's it's never a situation where I cannot come. Gotcha. Right. So okay. um, that respect is there. That openness is there. Um, however, when he does when he does need space or ask for that space, I take that as an opportunity for me to grow. And for mm. me to focus on the things that I've been wanting to accomplish, because when I'm wifing, you know, like it's I'm you wifing. I'm wifing, you know, it's breakfast, it's lunch, it's dinner, it's snacks, it's hosting, it's friends over, it's colleagues over, it's business partners over. It's hands on all the time. So I don't always have a lot of time to focus on me. Mm. But if I want to get to the next level, right, I can't depend or wait on someone else to do it for me. I need to see my opportunities and take those and make sure that I have also my own personal growth and development um, ideas and strategies and plans lined up for those times and days. So you as well. feel that it's it's necessary. I think for it's couples necessary. to have time apart. Yeah, but you know, again, that's your to your discretion. Everyone right. should do what works for them. Yeah, yeah. And so while I know that a lot of people would not necessarily approve or accept or tolerate um, what we do or how we have that system. Um, it works for us and, and I love it and I enjoy it. And I like mm-hmm. to, you know, sometimes miss my husband, you know, <laughs> we work together, we go to church together, we sleep together, like we do everything together. So those small little days where it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to take a moment to grow. Yeah. Why would I hinder that? Why yeah. would I stop that? Like if you know what you need and again, it's always been open door. I've never had an issue where, you know, I feel like I cannot trust him or he's doing something that he's not supposed to be doing. Never had that, that situation before. Um, but again, that's the thing. It takes a high level of trust to run and operate your, your operation like that. Mm-hmm. And I have the same privilege. If I want to go, you know, take a day and go to Chateau Elan and, you know, or, or whatever the case is, I can take my time and my days too. And, and it's open, you know, I can leave my key at the front. You can come in if you want, whatever the case is, but that space is necessary to keep growing and keep thriving. So you can be a better wife and a better husband and a better everything for your mate when you're taking care of yourself. So that's my number one thing that I want everyone to leave here with. When you get married, or if you are married, please, please, please do not feel guilty about pouring into yourself and taking care of yourself. That's really what self-care is. Mm -hmm. It's not just going to the nail shop or going on a spa day. It's doing the things that fill you up, doing the things that grow you and make you better. That to me is self-care. So whatever time, make that time necessary. And and in the wives club, we always go through that part too, right? Where women are like, I'm just so exhausted and depleted. That's your fault. Mm. Yeah. You are not being intentional. Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah, my clubs are not for everybody. They're for people who want to grow, right? Again, I, we have the same kind of degrees, right? Uh-huh. We know development, personal development, that's a tough spot because nobody wants to say, I'm, I need help or yeah, I need to grow yeah. or I need to change. No one wants to say that. So a lot of times I have to be transparent and also pull that out of them mm-hmm. so they can get to their goal. And the only way to get to your goal is to be raw and real. So if you don't want to do it alone, you need to get a mentor who's not afraid to do it with you. So winning wives, mm-hmm. wives in waiting. Yes. What's the difference between the two? Of course, mm-hmm. the, because the, of course they're obvious. Like, yeah. you know, there's wives who are waiting to yeah. be chosen. Right. Not, and, not chosen. Or found. Okay. Pre- just preparing for wifehood. Preparing That's for it. wifehood, That's all that it. good stuff. Yeah. So winning okay. wives is for women who are married, uh-huh. who are navigating marriage. That's it. Right. We're the new age women where it doesn't matter your age, but we're just navigating a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. And we need support. We need like minded women. Um, and af- unfortunately, not a lot of us have other married women we can talk to about marriage. So mm-hmm. that community is specifically for married women gotcha. exclusively. 
um, wives in waiting is for women who are looking to be married in the near future, but they're ready to be intentional. So sometimes people think that um, they can just, you know, wing it and you can. However, if that's not working out for you, maybe you should be intentional. Right. So winning wives focuses on all the areas that you can be preparing and working on so that when the opportunity for a nice young gentleman, right, to uh, be attracted to you because you have yourself together and going on and you're focused and you're happy and you're thriving, um, it's a no brainer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's that's pretty much the difference there. You ever do like uh, wives and waiting mixers? I do. I do. I do winning wives and wives in waiting together. Mm -hmm. um, little mixers. We do brunches. We've done something here actually at the e-complex. Um, we've done things at um, shout out to Ernestine. Uh, we've done things at her place at the Black House. Um, we do things all over Atlanta because that's where I am. But sometimes if I'm traveling um, and I know there's a winning wife or a wives in waiting in that city, I'll let them know and they'll plan something. Yeah, they'll plan something out there. So we'll meet the women in that area. They can invite friends, people that, you know, just to kind of grow the network and create opportunities for us to network. Um, and then we also have like mixers tonight. We'll be at um, Spice House Midtown. Really? Yeah, every what other time? Tuesday. We'll be there at um, from 8 to 11. I'm pulling up. Okay, please do. And there, um, my husband and I, we host our mixers every other Tuesday um, for there for now. Um, and that's just really where we just kind of show our brand together, um, really doing things as, as husband and wife, which is, you know, a lot of people find difficult, but we love it. Um, and, and we really focus on teaching people how to create digital products. Okay. So anything that you do, you need a digital product along with it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Whether it's an ebook, a course, a masterclass, um, or several masterclasses, um, whatever it is that's, you know, digital space, it's just another stream of income yeah, in addition absolutely. to what you already do. So yeah. it's not extra work, um, but it's an additional stream of income. So we teach that as well on a daily. So it's night, eight o'clock. It's night, eight o'clock. It's open invitation? Like, For you. Can I bring somebody? Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. Yeah, you can Somebody's bring somebody. Somebody's? Yeah, you can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's it. That's all yeah. I got. Okay. This is good. This is good. I feel like I got to know you a lot more. Did you? Yeah. Okay. Well, cut out anything that doesn't make me look good. Oh, no. It's all going to be in here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me, Jovan. No I'm actually very proud of you. I remember you. when you were talking about um, doing your podcast and things like that. Here so. I am. Yeah. I'm coming one of these. When I can find some time. Um, yeah. I'll yeah. jump in. Winning Wise so. Podcast. Yeah. No. We will not just focus on wives. We will focus on all women. Oh, I got one more question. Yeah. So, um... Since you and Maddie are like this power couple, mm -hmm. have you guys ever thought of like taking couples and teaching them like the game plan on how to become the power couple in your space? I don't think we're ready for that. Really? No. I don't know. I don't know. I've never talked to him about that. I don't know if that's his vibe. Put it in his ear. See what he says. Why? <laughs> um, I, but I do. we do know people in our network who mm -hmm. do that. So I oh, think, so it's already out yeah, there. Yeah, okay, I think, okay. I mean, but not to say that we can't do yeah, 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 it, um, yeah, yeah. but we just kind of like, we do it together. I think we probably do it together more spiritually mm. than we do like yeah, You guys business. do host like a lot of Bible studies. We do host yeah, Bible yeah, yeah, studies yeah, yeah. all the time, usually on Wednesdays and Thursdays. Mm -hmm. um, and people get to see the synergy and, and the, you know, teamwork there. That's, I think that's probably our favorite way to display couple success gotcha so that's our that's really our vibe honestly i'm just but i can't help you know me being a woman wanting to to mentor women women and him being a mentor all around and mentoring everybody right you right, know right. so that's kind of like how that works that's dope mm -hmm. how can well as you know 
we're going to do a quick commercial. Okay. I want you to close out with some words of wisdom and then also how people can get in touch with you. And then if anyone's interested in two of the programs that you have, how can they find those programs? Got you. Okay. So this episode is sponsored by the Embolden Institute. It's my space where I send out daily messages of affirmation and hope. You can text me 404-476-6780. That's 404-476-6780. Text me the word hope to that number or text the word affirmation or text both simultaneously where I send out daily messages of affirmation to help you affirm yourself. I send out messages of hope to let you know that, you know, there is better than what's going on. There's greater out there and you are actually stepping into it. So text me 404-476-6780. Erica. Yes. So if you all are interested in wives and waiting or winning wives, you can find me on Instagram to join one of my programs. That is C-E-O-M-R-S-M-A-T-T-Y, CEO Mrs. Maddie. Um, and I also have mentorship hours on my calendar. So if you want to talk one on one and just grow yourself and see some of the resources, some of the workbooks that I have, some of the classes, master classes and courses that I have, I'm able to shoot that over to you. So that is how you find me. All right. Some words of wisdom. Words of wisdom. Never be afraid or think that it's too late to reinvent yourself. Um, whatever it is that you see, whatever it is that you want to do, keep working at it. Make sure that you are in tune with yourself because you are your biggest asset. So don't be afraid to, you know, invest in yourself mentally, physically, financially, and just do it. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your status, what you're coming from. If you're leaving a divorce, leaving a marriage, um, you know, you come from homelessness, whatever it is, you have the opportunity today to start over and to apply yourself. Get out there, find those free resources, find someone that you love, someone you admire, learn from them, humble yourself and grow. And I promise you success is at your door. Well, there you have it. It gets no better than that. We are out. Peace. <laughs>